be willing to look foolish by not being good because in the beginning you're not going to be good and that's okay you know everybody's good from the beginning Hassan Kuba he's the author of the book The Unfair Advantage he's a life coach and an entrepreneur based in UK who has shared his knowledge on multiple platforms such as TEDx and other podcasts He's one of the most smartest people that I've had the privilege of talking to in this podcast. And be patient. One thing I was I wasn't when I was young is patient. You have to be patient with steady slow improvement. We talked about his book how to be consistent in life and other habits that a teenager can use to be successful in their life. So I'm a big believer in being a transformational creator and helping people to level up. This is the Grow podcast hosted by yours truly Rumath and I hope you all enjoy the conversation ahead. Hi Hassan it's an honor to have you on this podcast uh, I've gone through all of your works and you know you are you, your book won the award for the best business book in UK and uh, the, I think it deserves much more than that uh, learning to work on your strengths that's such an important thing that most of us don't realize and uh, teenagers like you know someone like me a uh, 16 year old person if we learn these skills at such an early age I think it would be um, it would put it it would it would put us in such a huge advantage so uh, thank you for agreeing to come on this podcast it's an honor oh, thanks for having me on i really appreciate being invited on and your kind words uh all right so the first question that i'd like to ask you is that as you mentioned in your book the unfair advantage that life is fundamentally unfair how can a teenager identify their own uh, uh, their own un- uh, unfair advantages I think as a teenager it's just very important to try lots of things and to stay open minded um because you probably don't yet know very well what you're good at I I certainly didn't so your internal strengths and even your circumstances they'll they might change a bit so what I would do and this is the advice I'd give to my younger self as well is just to try things and um, try different jobs you learn so much doing jobs even something as small or seemingly silly like telesales or retail jobs or something like that i started to do with telesales jobs um you learn so much um so try lots of different things do lots of different projects um and 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 try and explore your curiosity um uh, and especially publishing stuff i think is great to be a creator and doing what you're doing right now that's really great to know Uh, and in your podcast with Ali Abdal, you said that your unfair advantage is communication. You figured that out at a, like you know, at a relatively early age. So how can someone such as me uh, work on these unfair advantages to sort of make them your unique selling point as a person? Yeah. So I actually didn't figure it out when I was young. Like I kind of had an inkling, but I never thought I could have a career in that space. I thought, you know, I'm good at science or medicine, or I just didn't know much about careers. And I think careers departments at college and university were just kind of useless it was, didn't really help me um i think the best way is to actually do some work shadowing do some internships stuff like that to learn it so i didn't actually recognize it that early on um but it seems obvious in retrospect when i look back but like at the time i didn't realize that that was my strength at all actually english was my weakest subject um i think that if that's your unique you know if that's your unfair advantage is, is communication i think what you should do is to help communicate to people so i run a course called transformational creator and i coach a lot of creators um including ali abdal but a lot of other big kind of tiktokers and youtubers with like millions of subscribers and stuff and what i tell them 
um, or what I tell people starting out, not really the big the big ones. So the big ones to all know that, but sometimes they need reminders. But what I say is, it's important to use your communication skills to help people to level up. That's one of the greatest ways you can use it. So communication is all about persuasion, and it's all about simplifying things. So if you're a good communicator, it's good for you to simplify things that you've learned and help people out in their own lives. And I think it's very important to think about um, who would people who are like you or maybe you six months if you're a teenager, like you six months ago or you a year ago, and what advice you'd give to that person and create content like that or even create content for your friends and to help them to level up in their lives. So I'm a big believer in being a transformational creator and helping people to level up and become like better versions of themselves. I think that's a very important part of it. Um, and I think if you're good at that side, you might also potentially be good at coaching as well. So that's also an area to look into is being, because there's an overlap between being a teacher and being a coach. And I think that there's a really good overlap. And even as a teacher, you can learn more coaching skills and get to know what problems people have and help solve them for people. And that way you can come up with business ideas and you can also come up with like content ideas. So whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's like a podcast or a newsletter or a book that you write, you can use that skill. Um, in terms of jobs, you can do things like sales. You can do things like um, marketing. You can do things like public speaking. These are all areas that can really help. Perfect. Okay, okay. Uh, do you think that communication and speaking skills are essential in today's day and age? And if yes, how can someone learn to speak eloquently? To an extent, I don't think it's essential to be amazing. But if it's a really big weakness, it can be one of those things that hold you back, even if you have a completely, even if you have a career that's got absolutely nothing to do with communication, like let's say you're an engineer. But see, even as an engineer, you need to be able to communicate well enough. So if it's so bad that you need to bring it up to a level where it's good enough, but you don't need to be really eloquent or excellent from there. Um, okay, that's great to know. Uh, could you please explain what's the MILES framework which has been mentioned in your book and how can a teenager set themselves up for uh, success by optimizing on this framework? So the MILES framework um, is a way, is a tool to audit and you know to discover your unfair advantages. Um, so M stands for money, which is the typical excuse people have when they say I'm not successful because or I don't have a business because I'm not rich already. Uh, then you have intelligence and insight, so that's I. And there's three different types of intelligence, which we get into in the book. There's book smarts and this, but that's the typical kind of one that people consider when they talk about being smart. But there's also street smarts, which is like emotional intelligence as well um, and social intelligence. And that one, if you're, you know, if you don't get the best grades at school, um, it's not necessarily going to make a huge difference as long as you make up for it with emotional and social intelligence. Um, and actually, in a way, that's kind of more important in business. Both are important, but I think in a way, it's more important to have the social and emotional intelligence. Uh, and then you have creative intelligence is the third type, which is actually very important and underrated. And then you have insight. Insight is when you can see what problems there are to solve in the world. And that's why I say try lots of different industries and different jobs, because then you can find out the different problems that there are and get some insights, the unfair advantage of insight. So that one's key for coming up with business ideas and things like that. 
And then you have L. L is location and luck, which is right place, right time. And um, uh, then you have education and expertise. And by the way, in terms of luck, we go into the, in the book how to increase your luck. Um, and then you have E, which is for education and expertise. And this is the one that you probably have the most um, leverage on as a teenager. You can build your expertise by learning, taking courses online, getting coaching, let's say, or um, just by doing things, you know, just learning and doing. You can even just watch things for free on YouTube and just do it. And so one thing that you did at the beginning of this, before we started recording, is you asked me if there's anything I need help with, which is amazing because that's how you can learn by working on real life projects like that. Um, and... So that's expertise and obviously education, even the formal education can be very useful depending on what you want to do with it. And we break that down in the book. And then you have status, which is huge. Um, it's how you're perceived. Now this one you have less influence on directly. Um, it's something to be aware of. But the thing that you do have influence on and you can start to build is your internal or inner status, which is kind of your confidence and self-esteem. So those are the different things on the Mars framework. And as a teenager, as I said, the most important thing to work on is trying lots of different jobs, trying working on lots of different projects, um, having fun with creating rather than consuming. One thing I did too much of when I was a teenager is consuming. And we all do consumption. We all watch TV shows and movies and, I don't know, like other type eat food. But the more that you can kind of create rather than consume, the better off you'll be. All right, that's um, very great. Uh, how do you increase your luck? As you mentioned, uh, that that's something that can be done. So increasing your luck is all about having the right mindset. Um, Professor Richard Wiseman, he did an experiment and he saw that people who are positive and consider themselves lucky. So even if you don't think you're lucky, if you consider yourself lucky, you'll probably start to see more opportunities and reasons that you are lucky. Uh, a lot of this was also about gratitude and feeling grateful for what you've got rather than what you don't have. That's a huge theme in the book. And finally, um, the most important one in a way is you increase your luck by trying more things. So it's like increasing your surface area for luck, which is like, imagine it's rolling some dice, a pair of dice and trying to hit a double six, you know. Um, imagine if nobody checked how many times you tried, you know, nobody cares how many times you fail and roll a, a one one <laughs> or, or, or any other number. At the end of the day, it's all about rolling uh, you just need to roll a 12 once or even an 11 you could probably still do well if I'm going to use the analogy or structure the metaphor in other words just keep rolling the dice and one day you'll hit the jackpot um, I don't mean that in terms of um, silly and stupid things like gambling or betting I would not recommend that one bit I mean in real life trying things so for example publishing content or trying business or trying a service or whatever doing some freelance work you might just get lucky right so um you just have to try lots of things and putting yourself out there uh, right exactly uh okay let's say a person tries 12 different things and they find that one thing that they're excellent at how can they stand out from the rest and you know be the best in what they do or in the industry how can what was the question how can they be the best in what in what did in their uh, chosen field of interest yeah i mean you have to follow a path of mastery. You can't... You actually have to care, you know, how to be good at anything. You First of all, you have to care and be interested in being good and be passionate about it and actually be driven to create great results. 
Secondly, you have to get feedback, which is hard. It's actually not easy to ask for feedback. But if you can ask for feedback, then you can learn. As painful as it might be to get some criticism sometimes, you know, hopefully it's constructive criticism. But uh, another form of feedback is when you publish something. Like sometimes you might come up, let's say you come up with a TikTok video and you're like, okay, this is a great idea. Let me do this. I think it might go viral. And you work so hard on it and you edit it and you put the right music and you post it. This has happened to me, right? You post it and it's like, it just, you just get like, I don't know, a hundred views and no one cares. And you're like, ah, that's feedback. <laughs> it can be painful because you're, especially when your expectations are high, you're like, oh damn, I thought it's going to do well. Yeah, but, yeah. And that's how you get good. You just have to keep putting yourself out there. It's a little bit like um, getting better at sports or getting better at learning a language. You have to be willing to look foolish. You know, be willing to look foolish by not being good because in the beginning, you're not going to be good. And that's okay. You know, everybody's good from the beginning. So you have to just push through that initial pain. That first, let's say the first YouTube video, it's painful. I, I'm struggling to get past that phase. I mean, I've done my first, but to actually have an edited video, I struggled with that habit last year. And um, that's something I'm working on, but I started to do more TikToks. And it's like that feeling of being outside of your comfort zone and pushing and getting the re, uh, the feedback and then looking and I'm thinking about how you can get better. And that is the way to go on the path of mastery for any skills. I think this is crucial. How do you deal with hate that, uh, with the content that you put out, the talks that you've given on TEDx with the book, yeah. with, uh, your YouTube channel? You have to How expect a bit it? of hate. A bit. Not like a ton or overwhelming. You have to expect a bit of hate because if what you're saying is so bland that nobody, like, if you're too worried about ruffling some feathers, now there's, there's a level where it's too far. But if you're not, if you're saying things which are fundamentally good, there's nothing fundamentally unethical or immoral. Um, then you should feel, you know, you're not trying to hurt somebody. Then you should feel free to say it. Um, and reality is, you're probably going to get less hate than you think. And most people actually don't care about you. <laughs> so one thing to focus on in terms of getting better at anything or becoming the best is first you have to focus on quantity, then focus on quality. Because first you have to just establish the habit. It's a classic from Atomic Habits. First you establish the habit just by showing up. And then you get better at it. So it's very important to do that. Um, and you kind of get slowly better from there and build on the quality and don't let your perfectionism hold you back. And part of the perfectionism, kind of, I guess, is to worry about hate or just... It's a part of a narcissism and self-centeredness to think that everybody cares about what you're doing. Nobody really cares that much. So just do it. No one really cares. Don't worry about the hate. <laughs> and yeah. If you do get a little bit, that's okay. Just be okay with it. You have to have a bit of resilience. That's why it's good to get some sales jobs when you're young. You learn get, to get rejection <laughs> and just putting yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would help so many of us uh, with dealing with hate because um, we don't focus on the 99% of the comments that are positive. We focus on the ones that are negative uh, when they're criticizing you know, your way of speaking or whatever content that you're putting out. It's, uh, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, and since you've coached uh, so many successful people, what is uh, that one thing that most people have had to work on uh, or had to improve on? I think very successful people 
you'll be surprised to hear that they potentially that they suffer from the same insecurities the same procrastination the same fears as the rest of us they're nothing you know they're not alien they're not so different but one thing that they're really good at is speed up implementation you tell them something and this is something to work on this is the biggest piece of advice i'll give to you as a teenager and something which i wasn't very good at and which i've started to build and become better at is speed of implementation so when you learn something new how quickly do you implement it do you overthink it and overanalyze it and let it sit in your subconscious for 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 you know days and weeks and months before you actually apply it or do you just apply it and then worry about it later and i think the people who are successful just do it just just implement fast and i think it's the key factor to success is how fast you implement new advice or new learnings or teachings that you take on that makes sense but uh if if uh, if the work that you're doing if um, the skill that you're implementing that isn't i mean obviously it's not going to be that great at the starting mm-hmm. right but you're competing with people who are much better at what you do yeah. so uh, how do you how how do you beat that in a sense or how do you like allow yourself to make those mistakes uh, so this sense? i got this quote from ali who got this quote from a book or something i think it's from sullivan dan sullivan is a strategic coach and he says measure the gain not the gap so don't measure the gap that's between your quality and your favorite creator's quality of work measure how much you're improving in other words stop comparing yourself understand that everybody was a beginner at some point go look at mkbhd's first video upload if you've ever seen that and just understand that everybody starts off somewhere and um, you just have to give it a shot and you have to be okay with putting out some crappy stuff in the beginning but then improve it so first establish the habit then improve it and don't even need to look for feedback in the early stages cuz you know it's what needs to be improved like so this is the key thing for when somebody's a complete and utter beginner or still in the very very early stages like feedback isn't even kind of is useful but kind of isn't because actually they probably know what they're doing wrong but you know like they don't even like especially if i think if you're the type of personality who researches things and it researches how to get better at something or how to make a good let's say using the youtube videos as an example how to make a good youtube video you probably research it and you probably know what a good video looks like so you probably already know where you're not doing well so just get the quantity out there and improve each one bit by bit and be patient one thing else i wasn't when i was young is patient you have to be patient with steady slow improvement rather than thinking you need to improve your life all at once everything in one go so it's, it's very key <laughs> that makes sense um all right uh, stemming away from that i i had this question like you know that i personally want to know um as you said patience right that ties a lot with perseverance you know doing the work that you're doing every day it doesn't matter if you feel good or not uh but that becomes very difficult at times when you are feeling low or, you know you have an exam coming up and you have 10 other things but you don't want to uh get out of your bed to do all that so how does a person uh, become consistent and obviously then uh, only then patient comes into uh, patience comes into place uh, play, right so you're asking me how do you become consistent yeah by setting the bar low 
So by saying, for example, I'm right now trying to build a habit of writing every day because I don't, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a background as being a writer. I wasn't a writer before. English was my weakest subject. I wasn't a blogger or anything like that before. I just wrote this book. It's done really well. Okay. So now I'm like trying to build a habit. And first I said, I'll do an hour a day and I failed because I kept having meetings and moving it around or I wake up late or something. Okay. Then I said half an hour. I did it once and then I haven't done it since then, but slowly I'm going to build that more. So I don't have enough accountability in place for me. So now I'm telling myself, I'm just going to do five minutes. Establish a habit before you improve it. So lower the bar to make yourself consistent, lower the bar. So one thing, if you're struggling with doing YouTube videos, or especially with the, for me, I'm not good. Maybe you're better at this, but for me, the post-production and the editing, and that's the bit which I can't be bothered for. Um, talking on camera, I'm okay. Like, well, relatively okay. Especially if it's off the cuff. If it's structured, then I'm, I struggle again because I'm like, well, it comes next and I have to check the script and I get frustrated. Um, but just talking. So then, okay, let's just do, let's just put videos out there. So I did like six weeks in a row, one video a week, which was quite good at one stage last year. Um, and that's because I was just filming it and just uploading it just from my phone and just did it. Um, so lower the bar, whatever can make it less friction for you. Uh, one thing that has worked for me this year is to do TikToks instead. For some reason, doing it vertically and then TikToks editing tools and stuff makes it quite easy. Just do that. Establish the habit before you try to improve it. So if you're struggling with consistency, number one, understand your why. Why do you want to do this? Remind yourself the reason why you want to do it. Secondly, lower the bar. If you think it's so pointless to do like one press up or two press ups or whatever you want to start with. Well, at least it's establishing habit. Then you can build up to three, four, 10, 20, whatever. Like you can build up. So I actually do that now with pull ups and press ups. I just do like five. Like I'll do, I did five pull-ups earlier and they're like, they're not even full full range of motion because I used to be a perfectionist. I'd be like, I have to do it like this and then pull down all the way down. And otherwise it doesn't count. And that's just silly because bit by bit, you can get stronger and stronger. So that are just partial reps. They're just like from here to like here, you know, it's just like, because the, the bar is not that high. I'm quite tall. Yeah. And it's like, I'm getting stronger. It's actually improving me. But because I had a stupid perfectionist mindset of no, it has to be a proper rep. So I didn't do it in the end. So I think consistency is a lot about lowering the bar. And I do recommend, and even in our book, I recommend the book Atomic Habits for that. Um, but it's also important to understand, this is what we talk about in the Unfair Advantage book, is what is your why? What's your vision? Uh, understand your personality type a little bit, get some feedback from friends, family, and, and then understand your unfair advantages. And it takes time, understand that that's a process that it takes time to figure out your unfair advantages. So I think that's how we would do it. Wow, uh, that's really great to know. Uh, what's your why as a person? My why right now, so you reach a point in life where you're like sorted, you know, and hopefully you can reach that point in your life where you're financially fine. You know, it's not super wealthy. It's not like crazy, like, you know, I'm a billionaire. Now. No, nothing like that. Just like, I'm fine. So now what? Now what am I doing this for? You know? And I think it's it's key to actually have some kind of vision around that. And for me, it's like to use this gift, this God's gift that I seem to have. I got the feedback. The book has done really well. First time authors. Okay, there's something there. Okay. So communication, explaining stuff. I need to do it. I need to have that impact. And I want to help other people who want to start their first business or want to become creators or want to have success in their lives in some way. So... For me now, it's for the fun of it, and it's for the impact that it will have. 
So I want to help people level up in their lives, and that's my big why. It's um, how can a teenager find their way, and is it necessary for a teenager to find their way? Um, yeah, because we all have goals for everything, so it's good to be aware of what your goal is. Saying your why is the same as saying what is your goal. So, whether you know it or not, you have goals. Whether you've written them down or thought about it, or whether they're just subconsciously there. There are there is going to be a goal there, so you just have to accept the fact that there is a goal, there is a why, um, but you just have to be clear on it. So it's very important, and it's part of the self awareness journey. Okay, uh, thank you for answering all these questions. I think it will help all of us a lot, and I'm truly, truly grateful for you uh, for agreeing to give your uh, time. Thank you so much, and I'm very glad to have talked to you. I'm hoping to talk to you again. Thank soon. you, Roman. I'm very happy to stay in touch. And thank you for having me on. It's, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the end of the episode. Hope you all enjoy the ideas that we discussed in this podcast. In case if you're new to the channel, consider subscribing. And until then, feel free to check out our other episodes.